Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. We just have a good rhythm together, you know. He sort of feels me out, I feel him out. And uh, we go for it. Hello and welcome to the Worst Idea of All Time, episode 14, in the secret fourth Sex in the City season. I've got to stop calling it secret, though, because it's out now. Uh, yeah, hi, guys. By the time anyone's listening to him, the cat will be well and truly out of the bag, except for the hordes of people who choose not to engage with this product, to whom it will always remain a secret. Hiya, Tim. Let's talk about those people. For the unafflicted, uh, those who have not experienced or brushed up against the worst idea of all time, I salute you. Um, I think your life is probably poorer for it. I think, much like the gospel, people who invite worst idea into their lives, it's it's really up to all of us to spread the good word, to let everyone else know how nice it is to be inside the cocoon. There is nothing in the 21st century that I take more seriously than a podcast recommendation from literally anybody. Yeah. They are truly... There actually is no equivalent. I was trying to... I mean, at, at least when people give you recommendations for a Netflix show, it's like, well, this probably cost a lot of money and involved a lot of professionals putting time into it and then had to be accepted by a very expensive digital platform. So there's a lot of gatekeepers to make sure that the product was good. Hey, you should listen to this podcast. It's funny. It's these guys having a fucking yarn about shit. It's real good. They're so funny. Fuck, they're funny. Fuck off. Hey. <laughs> you are... Um, yeah, if you if if you recommend your your podcast or a podcast to people and expect them to take it seriously, you are a psychopath. Um, so no, how does like, one market a podcast then? It's impossible, man. Just let it run its course. <laughs> it's so true. Yeah, like a virus. Uh, this podcast is currently centered around us watching and discussing Sex in the City, the movie. Mm. Um, now, due to internet. And time sort of constraints. Uh, we both watched the movie, I would say roughly 12 hours ago. No, more for me, like 16 hours ago. Um, I actually no, woke less. up. I woke up and watched the movie first thing this morning. I woke up to watch the movie first thing this morning in uh, Goa, which oh. is a, a district of India. Uh, and in the course of watching it, as we tried to organize the logistics, I discovered that we wouldn't be able to record until much later till midnight here in India, which is what it is now. It's 10 past 12 a.m. What's the time where you are, Tim? Uh, Right now it's 7.40 a.m. That's quite a big time difference. And did you 
was Sex and the City the last thing you did yesterday? No, you're actually right. And I said it was it was less than 12 hours. You're absolutely right. It was more. Uh, it was like whack bang in the middle of the day for me, which is, it's all bad, eh? I tell you what, I reckon that they're all bad times. That midday screening, though, it's not to be trifled with. It's on the on the scale of um, times to watch the movie. You know, you at least feel like you get a morning and also an afternoon and evening to yourself. It is gross to have this protruding lump of cinema. You know, this ab this abscess uh, in the middle, but. It could be worse. I think first thing is a nightmare. I think the like. I think I've said it before. I say it again. I think taking it into the bedroom is bad for your <laughs> mental health. Yeah, it's unavoidable, oftentimes because with the New York, New Zealand time zones, it'll have to be the last thing I do. I also, I'm not a good sleeper guy. I um, never have been really. So in some ways, it's I actually don't mind. Um, taking it to bed and just sort of drifting off to another outing with Carrie and the girls. And it really feels like it's not impeding any important bits of my day then as well. Yeah, So I'm true. not, I'm not, uh, I'm, I probably prefer the last thing in the day. I prefer to get my day done, feel good about myself, and then sully my marital bed with Sex in the City from 2008. It's coming in at a crisp two and a half hours. Today, I've sort of bookended the entire day. Uh, I say so I watched it this morning. As soon as I knew that I wouldn't be discussing it till later tonight, I thought, well, I could stop now and just, you know, put it off. And it is, yeah. it is one of the, it is something that you know, it's like homework when you're a student and you're just like, Ugh. you know, some some of your mates are like they go home, they do it first thing so they can enjoy the whole night. That was not my approach. Um, but I was like, if I just watch it now, then I don't have anything to worry about until midnight when I can discuss this. But it does mean that I have started and ended my day with intense uh, sort of dissection and relation to Sex in the City. And you'd be unsurprised to hear, Tim, it doesn't get any better. If anything, it gets worse. Has, have you just been mulling it all day? Rolling around nah, in your brain. No, no, no. It's sort of, you know, I went out for a lovely meal. Um, so that took my mind off it. And, you know, I filled out the day with other, you know, enjoy I've been for a swim in the ocean, Tim. You know, it's so I've, nice, um, bro. I've, I've, I've been keeping the company of about 30 cows. I watched, I saw a cow ejaculate today, Tim. It's, it's, not, it's not been That'd a waste. Be a, well, let me stop you there because surely that's a bull at that point. That's right. It's not been a wasted day. This bull's Can penis was a lot leaner run, than I thought. Run, yeah, run me through that. What was the circumstance in which you saw it? How was it all happening? Uh, I think it's high season for the cows here in Goa. Uh, and so essentially there's sort of a feeding time around between 5 and 6 p.m. where the local cows, they all sort of hang out on the beach and they're a, a big bunch of food gets put out and they all sort of approach it and one of the bulls um as you know so often happens to the lads simultaneously hungry and horny and yeah. so he eats first he's sort of he's digesting and his prospective mate still got a mouthful of hay or whatever the hell yeah. they're eating and he sort of just sidles on over and uh goes to make himself felt uh 
you know, the 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 dance of romance between cow and bull is, in a lot of ways, quite unique from the way humans sort of uh, size one another up, and in other ways, very similar. But rest assured, uh, fleeting and unenthusiastic sexual uh, engagement transpired, and he wound up he he, he used the pull out technique. This bull, ah. It's pretty think, clever for him, isn't it? I don't think uh, it was his call. Okay. But anyway, much thinner penis than I thought. Uh, sort of a long, thin genital. <laughs> long, like a thin, rod. A long, thin genital, that's right. Um, but all that to say, you know, this, this has not been the soul event of my day. But well, I don't know. In some ways it has because you're still talking about sex that happened in a city. So it all is, comes back to it, doesn't it? It's more of a resort, but yeah, I mean, I'm talking about sex. Um, to the movie, what do you reckon? To the film, to the floor. I've got a theory, guy. Yeah, you ready for it? Mm-hmm. So I created something in this watch called the Bumchin Club with the BCC, and the Bumchin Club is inhabited by two men, uh, crud. I am devastated to report I've forgotten one of their names. It's the guy who makes the asshole comments while Samantha's speaking at the engagement dinner. Yeah, I know What's the guy. What's his fucking name? Does he get given a name? He's just a bo- He's an asshole boss, isn't he? He's a partner at the firm, but I thought they did give him a name. Hey, also, while I'm here, let's bookmark this for a second. This was quite a few episodes ago, or, or at least a long time ago, because we had a, a bit of a break um, between episodes like 11 and 12 or something. We had a debate about whether or not Will's name was said in the movie. It, it fucking is, man. I can't remember the exact conversation we had, but I remember this. I'm pretty sure I was right. Yeah, I think you you were you were right in that. I remember being firmly in the the names not said camp. Uh, you, your suggestion was that it came up, I think, like only once very late in the film when they when they actually are about to get married or something like that. But we hear it much earlier. Will, that's his name. I think that's a line of dialogue at the bar between Carrie and her. Hey, look, I'm happy for you, man. As happy as yeah. I am for these mosquitoes who are crawling all over me. I'm just doing the research uh, to try and find out the name of the... I don't know. That is would... India a Zika country? Pardon? Can you get Zika, the Zika virus? Is it one of the ones on the list oh, for Zika? Uh, I'm not sure about Zika. Certainly, I took some anti-malarials for a while, but that was near Kolkata, which is the malaria zone. And mm-hmm. uh, they didn't really agree with me, so I've gone off them. Ah. Um, which does make the sort of surrounding and increased enthusiasm that these mosquitoes have towards my body ever so slightly more concerning than it otherwise would be. <laughs> <laughs> I'm used to mosquitoes being an annoyance, and I I have a um, a particular sensitivity to mosquitoes. I hate them. I hate them vehemently. I hope that Bill Gates, in his quest to number one, turn us all into big fat nerds, which he achieved by making an operating system that sort of housed a lot of creative enterprise, which allowed even normal people to just spend Carl countless hours. Thank you, Carl. Countless hours at the computer. But his second mission in life is to destroy all the mosquitoes. And I applaud that mission. Is I hope he true? achieves it. Uh, yeah, pretty much. I think he hates them. Pretty sure. 
I feel like Smith Garrett. For how annoying for how annoying they are, they must serve some vital you know role in the yeah. ecosystem. They must be f- like because they're so numerous. They must be food for something important, right? Like lizards and spiders, and I think mosquitoes are one of the ones that they're considering harvesting for food, ah, like well. for humans. Because um, there's a lot of insects that are incredibly efficient at just being like protein, way more efficient than say cows, aforementioned land beasts. That's right. Anyway, that, that's all by the by. We've got Carl yeah. and we've got Smith Jared, and what are they? Yeah. They're in the BCC. They're in the Bumchin. Yeah, BCC. The BCC boys. They're in the Bumchin Club, and I've actually, uh, yeah. So if you look, they've they've got that same beautiful chin that looks like a very shapely human ass a butt they got bum chins and i reckon that smith garrett is sorry i'll say that again i think that smith garrett is the son of carl Mm. and i think that that's how smith garrett has been able to stick with his his goal of acting um for as long as he has and i also think it's why like Samantha, I don't think, knows this, right? But she senses it, which is why she tells him to shut the fuck up at that engagement dinner at the drop of the hat, because she's like, this guy's familiar to me. I feel a familiarity. So I'm going to tell him he's out of line. What, so obviously, I'm just curious about a few details of this theory, Tim. You Smith, always are. Smith's relationship with his father. Yeah. How's that going? Not well. I don't think they see eye to eye at all. I think that it's a situation where Carl has so much money from being a partner at this firm um, that he's felt obligated to keep his son afloat, but he in no way emotionally supports the decisions that Smith's made to pursue and stay in acting. And at this point, it's kind of an annoyance for him. So Samantha, and he's embarrassed. Samantha's not been introduced to Smith. Smith's dad, sorry. Yeah. And... Yeah, I don't think they've been introduced. And I don't think Big knows. It's actually like very few people know about this relationship. Because, you know, when Carrie says, who is that guy? Big says, it's Carl, he's a partner at the firm. Not, that's Carl, it's Smith Garrett's father. Well, yeah, I mean, Big is thinking purely in terms of his relation to the guy, right? Smith's at the dinner. Yeah, he is. And they're just playing it icy cool. Yeah. This is like, I think there's been a phone call from Smith, I think, initiated it. Look, Dad, we're both going to be there. We're adults. Let's just get through it. We don't need to cause a scene. Little do they know, Steve is going to cause the scene, which leads me to my shining light just 15 minutes into this episode. Steve's very good depressed acting as he exits the cab is my shining light this episode. It's very good acting. He looks so downtrodden as he gets out of the car to have a chat to Miranda. Yeah. From the moment you see him on screen, he doesn't switch it on. He's there. He's in the moment. He's a good actor. Um, I like I like that little moment. I saw, I saw a few glimpses of good acting this morning, in spite of not wanting to be there. Uh, 
people continue to perform, you know, like a child humoring a mother who's enthusiastic about musicals. I bought the ticket, I sat down in the seats, and I did my due diligence. Um, I thought, funnily enough, Miranda was turning... I mean, I've always got a soft spot for it, but it was turning a few little glimpses of magic. I just want to quickly circle back to this cleft chin thing, Tim. Yeah. Is it possible there's just two people who have uh, bum chins who aren't related? No. Okay. Well, it's good to know that that's firm information now that's canon. Uh, I look forward to dissecting that more as as the story unravels. It does create Mm -hmm. quite a spicy social situation at that dinner, considering that we now know... I mean, for how much is going on with Smith Jarrett at that point in the film, doesn't he keep it together incredibly well? Here he is in a room with his estranged father who continues to bankroll his acting career, although I'd probably say standing on his own two legs by this point in his career. Yeah. He's sitting at a table across from his partner, Samantha, who is the Mm. maid of honour at Carrie's wedding. Also at the table is Miranda, a woman who has recently left her life partner and the father of her son because of a tryst between Smith and her former partner, who also will be arriving at some point uh, and making direct eye contact and verbal communication with Smith outside the venue. He doesn't know that at this point, though, so he can't anticipate that. He doesn't know that his ex-lover is is coming in one of those big, beautiful cabs. Ex-potentially current. I just think, um, you know, for having all of that stuff going on, like, he keeps it together incredibly well. I've always got respect for people who seem to be able to hold their head high in socially awkward or uncomfortable situations. Um, so shout out to the boy Smith for, for keeping his shit together in spite of circumstances conspiring against him this week. Speaking of those cabs, Tim, I don't know if you've yeah. heard, uh, there's a, a, a man and a woman who are walking through frame as Steve arrives and turns on that fantastic acting display. And he's not the only person looking to steal that scene because the woman sees the cab. This is a woman with an American accent, presumably, who lives in New York and says, oh, my God, it's a cab with a level of surprise that would suggest <laughs> she's what is that about? <laughs> come across this fairly common occurrence in her storied life as a New Yorker. What is that about? That's a bad line of dialogue. Well, it's also one of those ones where you don't see a mouth move, so they could have just edited it out, but they've they've left it in. Um, I mean, I feel like that would be a really fun person to check out New York with. Oh, my God, <laughs> a hot dog stand. Oh, my God, a building. Oh, my God, people. Every yeah, single there's, day. There's something that's instantly gratifying, but eventually super annoying. Sort about of, that level of enthusiasm for everything you encounter. A fire hydrant. Fuck. Someone who has a, a goldfish who's accidentally been turned into a human and has retained the nouns for which things are, but none of the information that they've seen them before. <laughs> so her whole life in the bowl, she's just been swimming around, glimpsing images of New York on a computer screen or through a window or on TV. And um, finally, um, with the ability around. to articulate certain things. <laughs> Move out of my way. I'm a little fish and I live in a bowl. Ready to pop the question? 
The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Can I just quickly divulge it? It's, it's not relevant, Tim, but it is about fish. Yep. So I play in a fantasy football league, American football. Fucking congrats. Thanks, bro. I get you a lot of... Professional and personal interest from a lot of different people because of this detail of my life. But this season, to spice things up and motivate people to win, even if their season's gone down the tubes, um, we've introduced something called the Ranfurly Fish, which is a... It's like it's called the Fish Bowl. And so um, at the start of the season, the newest, the newest member of the league was the holder of the fish. And you don't want to have the fish... And every week, if they play a home game, as deemed by the way the schedule unfurls, the mm-hmm. fish is up for grabs. And if you lose the fishbowl, then you become the holder of the Ranfilly fish, which involves posting various different images of fish on social media. Uh-huh. And uh, if you retain the fish through to the end of the season, uh, an honour that I currently have, at season's end, you have to buy... And care for a real-life fish. Oh, no. Uh, for this is incompatible with your life. Intervening seven months between the end of the season You're and the beginning of the next right season. Now. You moved to New York City from Auckland, New Zealand. This isn't suited to your particular lifestyle, mate. All that to say, if I can find some sort of shaman or wizard or witch who can turn the fish I inevitably will wind up buying into a person, perhaps some sort of caretaker in my apartment... Mm-hmm. All of my problems could be solved. I no, not at all, because then you're dealing with a human, which has far more needs than a fish. But uh, a human who only whose top level of intelligence is that of a smart goldfish. That is such a far bigger nightmare than I think you're giving credit for. I mean, a goldfish you're going to need to feed it once in a while. You're going to need to clean the tank. Done. A human? You kidding me? Social emotional needs. You could get a bed for that thing. I don't know. Feed I it a sh- ton of food. 
She was out and about in New York City this morning. It looked like she was having a wonderful time being surprised yeah. and startled by literally the most commonplace things. Um, do you think you're going to wind up with this fish guy? Is the season blowing out for you? Yeah, look, it's it's looking more likely than not that I will be in possession of an unwanted fish at the end of the season. It is, I would say, it's a league of 12 people. I would mm-hmm. say uh, it is comfortably the least convenient for me. Yeah. Um, what would you put your odds at of winding up with the, the fish? Remarkably high. Uh, at this point, it feels like a near certainty. Anyway, that's that's all just a minor insert. Um it's Stop writing off your good, good content as, as being beside the point, guy. I think it's time that you realize it is the point. All of these little asides, this is the meat. Stop degrading them. Stop devaluing them. Roll with it. Celebrate yourself. Did you say degrading? Uh, yeah, I did. <laughs> I yeah, did. I I'll own like that. that. Um, okay, well, seeing as you've shared a shining light, I feel like it would only be fair if I did the same thing. Yeah, boy. Um... Oh, sorry, before you do, though, just while I remember, the whole Smith Garrett thing, sorry, Smith Garrett around how you were saying he's really keeping it together in trying circumstances. I think the one glimpse we have that he's under a lot of stress is how he holds the cigar while he's outside. Because if you look at everyone else who's hanging out with Runkle and his illegal Cuban cigars that he loves so much, they're all holding them like normally, but Smith Garrett's trying to do the Arnie one where you like put it under the crook of your index finger and he just looks like a fucking idiot. But it's like, I respect the look you're going for, my dude, but you haven't quite hit it. It's kind of like the hat he wears later on in the movie when they break up. I think he carries the hat. Wouldn't wear it myself, but I, I feel like the guy pulls it off. I know exactly what you're talking about with the cigar, though. I just thought that was he was, you know, he was with an older generation trying to fit in. Um, it could be multiple things, but my yeah. my shining light's near the end of the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's actually one of the last beats. It's right after Carrie and Big get married, and uh, he says, "It's a shame the girls couldn't be here." And she says, "Spoiler alert, everyone." She says, no, it's fine. And then he goes, well, that's why I asked them. And she does a very cute scream. He blows open the double doors, and there they are, Charlotte, Samantha, Miranda, all sort of, you know, excitedly screaming that things worked out. In spite of the jilting, they've found one another. They're happy. And Big does at this reveal as a point of pride in his planning and execution as a recently minted husband. A very cute and proud thing with his tongue where he sort of oh, puts, it is it be- cute, isn't it? puts it between his teeth like mm, like he, he can't contain or effectively express how happy he is to see him making his partner this happy. Yeah. And uh, both in the acting by Chris Noeth and the scripting and just that little moment of happiness, that little beat in the story, uh, I really Check liked it. And yeah, I mean, to the credit of the movie... There's twice in the last two screenings where I've felt sort of a pang of positivity or hope or something um, near the end of the film, which is usually a time reserved for the deaths of misery. So just, you know, credit where it's due. It is a beautiful moment. It's, it is nice, and he, he displays it well. It's cute. It's not infuriating. 
I'm actually hoping to um, capture some of that Reverend Chris North magic soon as well for my wife. I'm trying to throw her a surprise birthday party. Because um, ah. her birthday's very early into the new year, so she always gets shafted out of an actual birthday because everyone's, um, you know, out of town or if they're in town, coming down from pingers. Yeah. So what I thought this year, try and get get uh, all their mates together at our place about a week after or so. I'm also giving some uh, strong consideration to um, getting her a particular present that's going to be, it's going to have inherently a lot of responsibility to it. So um, it's a dog guy. I'm thinking of getting her a dog. That what do you think about that? A huge undertaking, Tim. Yeah, if I decide against it now, it's probably bad to um, solidify this on a recording of the podcast. But you know, it's early; my defenses uh, are down. What do you reckon about getting getting someone a dog as a surprise? Because on the one hand, I know she'll fucking love it, but on the other hand, it's like, hey, here's a thing you have to look after for till it dies. Well, Happy birthday! I think your outlook is immediately off there. It's a thing that you both we have to look after, right? Yeah, yeah, undoubtedly, yeah. Um, Hey, look, man, you've got a lot more intel on that situation than I do. I think it's fucking crazy to be giving people surprise dogs. Here's, do you? Here's a surprise that will last at least 10 years. Yeah. Um, you've seen her around dogs, though. She goes wild for the things. She true. fucking we've loves got friends, dog. We've got friends who have given surprise dogs before, and I think that's worked out. I mean, look, it's a judgment call, Tim, and this yeah. feels like neither the time nor the place. No, nah, this feels say, exactly the place to, to flesh this out. I'm going to do it after this talk with you. You're going to buy You've instilled the- me with no confidence, but I've... Yeah, I'm, yeah, I reckon I will, actually. I think I will. That's sweet. I'm very excited and happy for you. By the time you hear this, I could be a dog man. Man. Yeah. yeah. Um, speaking of dogs and animals, yeah. and also Mr. Big, there's mm. another moment I quite enjoyed, not quite to the point of a shining light, but... Uh, the reunion between Carrie and Big and the wardrobe where immediately she says it was love, you know, and they run towards each other. I'll be interested for your take on this because we often disagree over the showings of intimacy between Big and Carrie. I just don't like people kissing people on the nose with an open mouth. It fucking weirds me out. That's all. That's my soul issue. They sort of immediately graduate beyond like the open mouth enthusiasm of, you know, lovers reunited and that sort of kiss and go for a slightly more animalistic kind of face-grazing thing where they rub their faces against each other like like animals, I guess. Do you and see that as animalistic? That is the last adjective I'd use to describe that. I think it's very tender. They, kind of, they like, rub their cheeks together. Yeah, I think that's, like what, that's to me like what big cats do. That's what animals do to each other. I, don't think I, guess, like, I guess you're I, right. I, it is literally animalistic, but when someone says animalistic, I always think of like a lot of aggression, a lot oh. of like aggressive sexual energy. Whereas that's that's quite a moment of tenderness, I think. Yeah, I love that. I I much prefer watching them do that. That feels so sincere and real to me, as opposed to like, you know, because I feel like the amount of pent up excitement and energy they have for each other, you can't communicate that with an open mouth kiss in that moment because it's just too. You've got to be more relaxed to enjoy the kiss. This mm. is a much more like base level evolutionary thing where it's like you just want that skin on skin contact. Do you think it's better or worse than just opening your mouth and inserting someone's nose in there in terms of sweetness? Yeah, look, we're, we're 
we're talking about two different sort of events, but I think it's comfortably better. I mean, while they're both displays of affection, as, guy, well, I'm not and they're both on the table for this couple, apparently. Firmly against the, the nose kisses as you are, that doesn't mean to say that it's my go, it's a go to thing that I enjoy. It just doesn't bother me like it bothers you. It sure does bother me. Um, hey, well, nice. So not a shining light, but more of a glowing beam. Yeah, that's right. I finally beam. found a fucking continuity error in this film. It only took, what are we up to, about 14, 14. viewings? Yeah. One hour, six minutes in, they're in the hotel in the Mexican, uh, they're in the restaurant downstairs. Carrie's finally come out of her Mexicoma and decided that she can join the girls for a dinner. And uh, I think the mariachi band are just about to come in and the waiter is serving all the gals their drinks. He's got a, a bunch of margaritas and a what looks to me like a smart water. I'm not actually sure of the brand, but I think it is, judging by the, the blurry label. I think it's the same design as smart water that you get. And on the bottled water, it clearly doesn't have a bottle cap on it, but then we cut to... Charlotte taking the cap off the water, and I saw that, and I rewound it. I said, "Hold on, let's let's check the video referee on this one." I wound back the tape. I had a look, and I screamed, "Got you, fuckers!" To myself in a studio with nothing but me and Sex in the City, and in that moment, I knew they actually had gotten me. But it's still a continuity error that's in the film. It's important work, Tim. Uh, if not for you, you know, how would this information weasel its way into the public eye? And I know. How would we know not to trust anyone involved in Hollywood, movie making, Cynthia Nixon as a politician on the back of this deceitful move? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Triggered much, call, everybody? Though. Yeah, it is her call. It's her responsibility. Okay. Know she your was place. on continuity. Yeah, she was. God. That was how she got the job in the first place. She started can we, continuity. Can we talk about the recent news? It's recent for when we recorded this. This would be old news now about Sex and the City 3 because I think this we need to discuss. Absolutely. Do you um, want me to explain or do you want to explain what's happened? You you fill your boots, man. I'll just I'll, I'll so, shoot it from the side. News has come to light, and I believe that this is off the bat. I've kind of been skimming the headlines. I haven't doubt. Oh, no, I'd read one article, I think, in time about it. I think this is off the back of someone doing a Sex in the City podcast where they got to talk to various people. Mattress Pike, like King, um, has been interviewed for it, Sarah Jessica Parker. In fact, all of the key players, they say, except for Kim Cattrall, who has just... Uh, quite admirably, I think, at the age of 61, just said, no, you know what, There's, it's not an animosity thing, it's not a money thing, I'm just done. I'm done with Sex in the City, I'm done with the character of Samantha Jones. I'm like, fucking respect, man, I get it. So anyway, it has come to light during these interviews that the plan for Sex in the City 3, which was seemingly definitely going to happen were it not for Kim Cattrall's, uh, you know, lukewarm feeling about it, Big was going to die in a shower, this movie was going to play through the events of a newlywed Carrie Bradshaw and John James Jingleheim and Smith, big, as she has to cope with being a widow after he, like, presumably slips over. Do you, in anything no, he, that he, you read? 
I did. Uh, he has heart problems, which is seated throughout oh. the TV show. So oh, really? He was gonna, yeah, he was going to have a heart attack out of the blue. And then the, the movie was going to follow Carrie's, uh, you know, navigation of life as a newly minted widow. And um, that was what turns uh, Kim Cattrall off, as she said, look, frankly, I'd be much more interested in a movie where Samantha Jones has purpose and ambition beyond supporting her recently widowed friend, which as an actor, I think is a great decision. Uh, yeah. If you think of her embodying the character of Samantha Jones, yeah. it's, uh, it's selfish. True to form. But I don't think, I mean, Samantha seems to be, with regards to her friends, a fantastic friend. She's, she's uh, glue-like. Think about her in Sex and the City. She's the one who books every... In both movies, she's a huge catalyst for action. She gets them to Abu Dhabi. She gets them to Mexico. She clearly prioritizes supporting Carrie over her own work. Miranda says, I've got a job. And then Samantha sort of gestures towards a despondent Carrie who's been jilted. Speaking of which, I did not feel like Big earned the right to jilt this week. Oh, really? Yeah. Like when you- have you? When have you thought that that was an entitlement he deserved? Uh, it's not that I've thought it's something he deserved, but it's something that I've sort of just taken as read that he's going to he's going to be a no show at the wedding. But this week I was like, "Oh, I see." Big, you got to you got to do more. I need a clear cut reason. I need a bullet point list detailing the terms and conditions of why you're not getting married. Because as far as I can tell, you're in a funk. You're outside the wedding, the library where you're getting married, and you go, "Come on, baby, give me like tips." look at me or something, which she does just through her veil and he interprets yeah. that as some sort of sign from the universe that this is this union's not meant to be. It is... I never got that moment. There's a few moments in this movie I've never understood. That's one of them. I don't get it. It's just not... It's like, come on, man. It's Come it's, on, baby. I ne- what does he say? Like, I need to see you or something like that yeah, just for yeah. a moment. Something like that. And, uh, and then he does. But it's not enough for him. He still bails. So I, I get what you're saying, guy. The logic is not strong. It's not really built up as to... We don't have a clear path to him bailing on this. I keep hearing a clicking. Is that you on your computer or what? What's happening here? Yeah, that's me sort of just you making got, sure that the recording's still going well. Okay, cool. And it's a problem that exists solely to you, Tim. I'm sure it's not being picked up on the microphone. This is, for, this hey, is from a man who recorded next to a... An operational R and B throwback concert in a park last time we spoke. But that was for colour guy. That was intentional. <laughs> that was you know, it was all part of it. Whereas just a clicking reminds me that you I always think you don't I I think you're up to no good. I always think you're plotting something. There's no plots over here, my friend. Um so yeah, I'm with you on that. Tim, I'm, I'm so tired. On- yeah, me too, man. And but for the opposite reason, because it's morning here. I've even, I've had a whole cup of coffee while we've been talking, and I'm still sleepy. So I'm out of ideas. I was so fucking furious at you when I woke up because all I wanted to do was lie in bed. I was just like, "Fuck me!" I could, if, were it not for the podcast recording, I could be in here for another two hours comfortably and still like not run out of runway of day and, and time. But I've got to get up and talk about Sex in the City, time yeah. number 14. Well, rest assured, Tim, I very happily stayed up until midnight for the sole purpose of discussing Sex in the City with you. So, What have I, you been doing? What have you uh, been doing up until the record time? Like, between when your sort of normal bit of day ended 
and and the podcast. What'd you do to fill the time? Well, my the touring party went for a drink, and I said, "No, no, not for me, thanks. I've got bigger fish to fry." Oh. And then I uh, I lay in my room reading um, "How Not to Be a Boy" by Robert Webb of that oh. Mitchell Webb look. I bought that and never read it. Is it good? Yeah, it's great. I heard him on an interview and he was so compelling that I was like, fuck, I'm going to read that book. And I didn't, but I bought it, so he's still got my money. I supported him. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then I had a little nap, set an alarm, woke up, ready to record. Oh, I'm sorry, man. You should be mad at me, too. We should no, be mad at each other. No one's, no one's mad at anyone. We're friends. Oh, no, I'm mad at you. I told you that. No, no, no. We love each other. Be mad at We do movie. love each other. That's the whole reason we're doing this season. Do you, how long till we really, really regret getting back in the swimming pool, do you think? I don't regret it yet because I still really enjoy catching up with you, even even though it's through this thick fog. Yeah, it's not... The regret will will grow. Uh, I I wouldn't say I stamp... I know that there are episodes that we've released in this season so far in which I express almost an unbridled, unchecked amount of enthusiasm for diving back into it. That moment has passed. That ship has sailed, huh? Before we go, Tim, which yeah. I am trying to do desperately. I know, I can tell. That's why I'm trying to prolong the inevitable. Go on. There is an unsung hero in this movie that we're going to hear and find out a lot more about. It is the very obedient Border Collie who Steve and Miranda share. In fact, this movie does a bad job of showcasing the various different responsibilities of being a pet owner. Samantha mm-hmm. sort of shows you how much can go into it. But there's a, a beautiful... Um, Everyone's got a dog but Carrie, actually. Uh, is Char- does Charlotte? Charlotte's got three. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Sh- yeah, true. Um, anyway, Border Collie up on the bed after Steve's confessed to cheating. He gestures for the dog to get off. Um, I just want to know more about that Border Collie. They're very intelligent dogs. Mm. They're... Um, you know, I'm not familiar with a dog that size being allowed in the bed. I think that's quite a unique rule that they've introduced. Maybe part of the reason they haven't been having sex so much is there's a dog between them. But uh, I was just happy to... I hadn't really noticed it before, and I was really happy to see a beautiful Border Collie living its best life. I'd love to see a spin-off movie that just follows the dogs of Sex in the City. That hey. would be cool. That'd be so nifty. Oh, before we go, though, as well, because I introduced a new segment last week... Pop quiz, motherfucker. What is written, it's one word, on the bucket held by Lily when they're going trick-or-treating in the building? Uh, does it say candy? No. But that's a good guess. Does it say Cinderella? Nah. Uh, feed me? No, should I tell you? Yes. It says milk. Oh, because... There's no reason a, why. No, it's no, weird. no, there is. Her mum's a cow. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that would be point. part of Charlotte's do a, outfit. Do you have a question for me? Because I did intend for both last time and this time for you to throw a question at me, but it hasn't happened so far. Do you know, when I was watching the movie this morning, all I was doing, apart from watching the movie, was trying to remember the name and premise of the segment... Uh, <laughs> something I did unsuccessfully, so I didn't actually pull out a single detail for you to enjoy. But 
surely you've got in the recesses of your mind something from the last 14 watches that you can quiz me on. Uh, well, like, had I not spoken about the Border Collie already, I would have said, what breed of dog do... Fuck, I never would have got that. I never would have got that it's a, a Border Collie. Not in your now, eh? All right, well, we can park that for now. Yeah, gladly. Hey, Tim, I love you, man. I'm sorry. You I too, like I've been a bit flat this episode, but, you know... No, just... you, you're all good. It's late. You're in Goa. You've potentially contracted Zika and malaria, Um but you did the podcast, and that's the important thing. The experiment must continue, and it will. So we'll see you next episode, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Please, um, you know, if you if you feel a tug at the heartstrings. We do get paid now because there's ads on the podcast, which is very helpful for us to continue operations. But we also make bonus content for our friends and whanau. That means family in te reo. Uh, over on the Patreon, patreon.com slash T-W-I-O-A-T. So we'll see you there. We'll see you on this. Guy, I'll see you in New York next. Uh, who's to say? Probably not. Probably LA. <laughs> Fucking hell. Intrepid boy. I love it. You're doing <laughs> it, man. You're living. You're out there. We Spending are. Spending money you don't have. We are out here. Okay, that's enough. Carbon footprint. Bye, yeah. guy. We just have a good rhythm together, you know. Like he sort of feels me out, I feel him out, and uh, we go for it. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.